this is Seth Mosley, and you're listening to the Full Circle Music Show, the why of the music biz. And this is X O'Connor. We are sitting here in the Full Circle Music Studios, main control room, Seth's room here with the rest of the team, and we've had a uh, delicious little talk here. Well, I think it's very interesting because a lot of our shows are formatted around an interview, interviewing somebody else, one of our heroes, one of our mentors, and we're learning a ton, but I love the Krispy Kreme model. We yes. talk about Krispy Kreme on this episode. <laughs> that the thing that separates them as a company, and this was a genius marketing idea, is instead of putting a wall up, they just made a window. Yeah. We have meetings every week and we get to sit down and talk. And it was kind of like we just threw mics in our hands and had a meeting. Because I know from my perspective, I'm in you know my space all day working on production stuff. And it's just fun to kind of catch up with what people are doing in all the other parts of what we're working on day to day. Because sometimes you just don't know until you sit down with somebody. Yeah, so we just thought it'd be interesting. As we've been running a million miles an hour since we started the podcast, again, over 100,000 downloads. Still blows Amazing. my mind, yeah. But now that we're there, we're like, okay, how about we actually pull back the curtain a little bit on what we're doing. What are some of the struggles that we've been facing? Because I think one way for our audience to learn is to learn from us and from the hills that we're having to climb. Yeah, know? absolutely. I mean, there's, like you'll hear us kind of talk about, we're still learning too. Every day is a new adventure. And when you're not learning anymore, it's like, okay, time to do something else. Because even us collectively, we have so many years in this business and every day we're still figuring new things out and it's kind of fun to just learn together. Yeah, so it was really fun to sit down and chat. And I'm going to quote Stacy Wilbur who runs our label and publishing and does a ton of other things that we are just counting down the days until we get to have our first number one party for one of our writers or our artists, Matt, Matt Hammett, Riley Friesen, and it's going to happen. So I'm, I'm RSVPing now. I don't know when the date is yet, but I'm already in. Let's just make a website right now for it. Done. It's the countdown (laughs) clock. It's going. (laughs) So before we eat up the whole time, just talking about what we're going to talk about, let's jump into the Discussion. I'm not going to say the interview, let's, the discussion. Let's just the meeting. Yeah, let's hear what we had to say. All right, we're here in the Full Circle Music Studios. We've got an interesting episode today of the Full Circle Music Show. This is going to be our first State of the Union or State of mm. FCM podcast episode. <laughs> I like it. It's a union down here. A union of fellows. And for those, and for those of and feminists, for those of our listeners who are not Tennesseans, they will know by seeing our Instagram that yesterday was the total eclipse. Mm. We did partake in that and we debated wearing the glasses for this interview because as X said, future's so bright, I gotta wear shades. That is true. Very true. (laughs) And that's kind of what we're here to talk about today. I feel like we do so much interviewing other people and that's great because we get to learn alongside our listeners about the changes in the music industry, about things that the successful people are doing. But I often think it's interesting to know the people that I follow, what's going on behind the scenes. And to use a little bit of an analogy, only because I saw it walking in, somebody brought a box of Krispy Kremes. Mm. And the thing that Krispy Kreme did that was a marketing game changer was they just put a window instead of a wall. So you can see... How is the stuff being made? So I've bought more because of that. Yeah. <laughs> so I just think for us, it's the same thing. We very much, and Tommy Prophet, who was in here on Friday, last guest on the Full Circle Music Show, said he, he just thought it was really cool that we're not hoarders of knowledge. And I think that's the highest compliment to us that, you know yeah. what, we achieve successes, but it's not so we can hold on to it. It's so that we can turn around and give it back out to other people. Yeah, I just have to commend you guys on being an awesome team for that, first of all. So 
yourself well, a pat you. on the back. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And to you as well, my friend. Yeah. So I just kind of wanted to dive through a few things. The only person, actually, you know what? We've all been, we've all been, we've on. All been on a yeah. show. Yeah. Oh, Stacy's been on. Jericho's been on. Logan's been on. Yeah. Okay. We're doing we've good. All, yeah. We've yeah. all been here. So if you don't know, go back and listen to each of our episodes. And <laughs> <laughs> that'll give you a little background on each of us. The links will be in the description but, below. Um, <laughs> just in case a lot of people don't know, we've got at Full Circle Music, there's kind of a four-part machine. Mm-hmm. First thing being production. We're, we're working on tons of records all the time. Just finished a new Skillet single. We've got a new Newsboys record in the works. Yep. Just finished a Bethel record for Christine DeMarco. Working on some Bethel Kids. Working on some Bethel Kids, which has mm-hmm. been a blast. Yep. Lots of stuff going on on that side. And then there's obviously the songwriting part, which has sort of blossomed into publishing, mm-hmm. which is where you know me and you started working together. We brought you into the company, and Stacy is our in-house publishing expert. Having worked in it for <laughs> yes. a long time. Uh, I don't know if expert's the right word, but we're, you know, we're yeah. just learning as we go. So it's been so much fun. Yeah. I think you and I have both talked about how we've learned more in the last probably six to eight months than I have my whole entire career. So it's just been yeah. so fun to just learn some new things, meet some new people and watch our writers that we're working with just grow and bloom where they're planted. And uh, it's just been awesome. We were just talking about this earlier that coming from a company like a Capital or a Brentwood Benson, where it's big and there's lots of very clearly defined roles. Can you talk about just some of those challenges and things that we've been learning? Because I mean, both you and I, even you having been in publishing, there's a lot of sides of publishing that maybe you never had to do before. There are a lot of different sides. I mean, at all the other companies I worked at, it was mostly working on the creative end. There's two sides of publishing. You've got creative and then you've got an administration into publishing. And like I said, I've mostly done the creative, but here at Full Circle, it's been fun to learn and get to know people more on the administration side and work with our team at Cobalt that does our admin and work with them and learn all the ins and outs that as you do with licensing and everything that you that goes through trying to get a song from not just being written, which is what I was a part of before, but now a song being published, a song being a single, a song, you know, tracking all of that. There's so much more that goes along with that. So Yeah. I think a lot of artists and songwriters hit a point in their career where they read enough DIY stuff where they're like, I'll just be my own publisher. And then they get into it and they realize, oh, there's like 30,000 things that need done just to even have the thing registered properly, let alone even going and trying to get placements and actually making money off of it. So I think that's, for me, been a big realization. Yeah, there's, you know, even at Capital, there's a full team of 10 to 15 people that actually do that there. And so with us, it's you and I and our team at Cobalt and a couple of other people that help kind of help with the royalties and all of that. So it's just been challenging, but it's been fun. I've learned a lot. And every time there's a new challenge or a new bump in the road, it's like, okay, how do we do this? Who do we? And I think that's the thing too. Like, I think people are afraid to maybe ask for help 
or ask those questions. And, you know, I, I would just say, don't be afraid. Like we're all in this together and we can learn from each other. And as I'm talking to people, people are like, well, I don't understand how this works. Can you, you know, can you share that with me? It's like, yeah, come on, let's, let's do this together. So Yeah. So we've got the publishing side. We've got the label side, which has been really exciting. We've all been fairly hands-on invested in that. But I feel like even just you go back to that learning more in the last six to eight months, because it was before where as songwriter and as producer, we'd get hired by another label to help create a record for a band or a song for a band. And then it just goes out into this mythical universe. (laughs) that It's like, okay, it's on to the next thing. Yeah. (laughs) Here we go. But what we've been realizing is, again, literally just to make sure everything's properly set up, to make sure... Spotify knows about it to potentially give it good playlist, you know, placements. What's a marketing plan? You know, I mean, that's been huge stuff. And I think for me, the big realization has been the content's important. It all starts with a song. That definitely is a song. You cannot market crap. Like, it's just not going to do anything. It has to be good from the beginning. But I still think it's like a 2080 rule. Like, maybe 20% of the efforts go into actually creating it. And then 80 probably go into everything else. <laughs> into all the support of it. Support of it, yeah. getting it out there, talking about it to people, mm-hmm. marketing it, sending emails out, doing phone calls, doing coffee meetings. And really just, man, I've been just blown away with how relational this whole industry is. We, you hear people talk about it all the time, but it really is that way that, I mean, how do you get a song on a Spotify playlist? I used to think it was just some computer algorithm in this big room full of servers that just is like randomly picking. No, it's actually like people. It's about relationships. Yeah. Yeah, And the the stronger the relationship that you have with that person. And I think it goes back to how you, you know, you've kind of mapped the full circle music. And that is how do we add value? Like, how do we add value to Spotify? Like, how can we support Spotify? And then also, you know, we're not asking can you get us on this playlist? But we're starting off by saying, hey, come over. We want to get to know you. Like, tell us about your family. You know, we actually want to get to know these people that listening to music and are taking over the world with Spotify, you know? Yeah, because how much better is it if we're going in not being the people, because they're getting that all day long from every angle. People are just asking, can I be on this playlist? Can I get on this playlist? Spotify and Apple Music curators are really the equivalent of what a radio PD is. They're kind of the gatekeeper of a coveted spot that allows music to get heard on a mass level. So the thing that I I think we've established really well and we're going to continue nurturing is that fact that we really care about the people. It really is about the relationship. If a song isn't a good fit for their playlist, fine. Let's, you know, we'll still stay on great friendships with them. And like you said, big thing is just finding ways to add value rather than asking for things. Mm -hmm. So on the label side, as a lot of our audience knows, we've got an artist named Matt Hammett. Mm -hmm. And he's been just amazing. I think all of us have (laughs) grown to love him and his family. Oh, yeah. 
He's, it's great bumping into him in the hallways. Yeah, he's probably pulling up on his scooter and, and his <laughs> wearing a lovely <laughs> denim jacket of some kind. Denim jacket, always looking like a rock star when he walks in. I love it. He's got the black full circle helmet with a full circle music sticker on it. I want to know. Indonesia. I want to know how he, he wears his helmet, but he takes his helmet off, and his hair still it's, perfect. It's, perfect. it's, it's like how that 1930s that through 50s thing where everyone wore the hats, but their hair was still like immaculate when it yeah, came off. It's like <laughs> it's really a phenomenon. It's kind of like the eclipse. It's <laughs> once in a lifetime. <laughs> Maybe you should do a YouTube of yeah. how to take the helmet off and still keep the to keep fabulous, the helmet hair. Yeah. The helmet the helmet hair. H H H. You cannot say that too many times. Hammet helmet hair. <laughs> I'm already running out of it. <laughs> but it's been awesome just to see just even the response. We've put out two singles from him to radio. First one was called Tears. In our opinion, I think it did really well. Just being a very First single out from a label from essentially a new solo artist. I mean, people in the industry know who he is, but it's rebranding himself mm-hmm. outside of his former band, Sanctus Real. Yep. So we're actually getting yeah. really close. I think we have like so close to almost a million streams on Spotify for Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. For Tears. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah, and it's well over that once you factor in Apple Music, Amazon, Google. I think I looked at it the other day and it's it's probably closer to 1.6 million or something. Awesome. 1.7 yeah, that's million. Great. amazing. Which was great on the very first thing that we put out. And, and again, we obviously in that process did our part in just loving the song. Matt had to write the great song first. Wrote it with Jeff Pardo. X helped it sound amazing and produced it. And then just getting it in the hands of the right people. I mean... Our, our friends at Spotify and Apple Music, we have a lot to thank for them doing that. And what I've realized just even on a business level, I'm starting to understand how this whole business model works. And it hasn't yet tipped the scales. You hear about songwriters kind of complaining about low royalty payments and artists getting quote unquote screwed on Spotify royalties. What I've realized is it's actually not a Spotify issue. It's more an issue of the and labels are going to hate me for saying this but <laughs> it's more an issue of the label deal with the artist yeah. and some artists have a great royalty rate on streaming but it actually is bringing in money now we're not obviously laughing all the way to the bank with it but the amount of money that you can make off of streaming can essentially recoup the cost of producing it even on like a million streams which yeah. for us has been wow like i didn't even know that was how things worked. It's like this whole black box has been <laughs> kind of blown open, you know? And it's. But I think also, like, we've done our homework and we've worked really hard to try to find which playlists. I mean, I know we're doing a lot of research. We're not just, hey, Spotify, hey, iTunes, you know, put our music up on a playlist, but we're also being very diligent about researching about which playlists, you know, He Always Wins would be good for. And we're, you know, speaking with them about that too. So, I mean, I think it's about researching and trying to figure out which playlist fits best for each song. And it looks different for every single song. Yeah. yeah. But intentionality is something we always talk about, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's exactly what Stacy's saying. It's just doing your homework and then just being intentional about where you're placing stuff. That's right. And I think if anything, I think what we're learning is that you just really can't put all of your eggs in one basket in this modern music industry that if our sole game plan or marketing plan was relying on Spotify, we'd be screwed. If our sole marketing plan was relying on radio to work, we'd be screwed. If it was relying on Matt's live events or his Facebook content, we'd be screwed. It's a combination of all of that working together. And we've even seen that 
since Logan coming on and kind of helping optimize some of Matt's Facebook posts and finding the right ways to boost them. And really just to try to get organic engagement through enlisting Matt's email list and his fan base and his social media, we've been able to see some pretty great organic numbers off of that. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, as an artist that people kind of love already, because he does have a history, his natural organic reach on Facebook is a lot more than most quote-unquote business pages out there. But yeah, I mean, we've been optimizing some things, and especially on the email side. One big win with the email is like we've been a part of a Twitter competition recently, actually. And so sending some email blasts out about that to even just a few hundred of his really committed followers has made a big difference. And then, yeah, all that just basically plays together. The more channels that you're using that are directly engaging someone, it really makes a difference. And we have a lot more work to do. We have, I know that Matt really has a desire to kind of get some kind of consistent graphics going up. And so so we're working on... On his social media accounts. On his social media accounts, yep. So as his release for his full album gets closer, we're we're definitely working on getting that into motion. We honestly have a lot of work to do on the email side. Email is probably the most, certainly one of his most powerful assets. And he does have a strong email list, but there's a lot of ways that we can optimize that. And at the end of the day, it all just takes time and resources and it's about allocating to the right places. Yeah, totally. So... As our audience can imagine, it's like, okay, we're five people. How do you run a production company, publishing company, and a label? And we haven't even got to the fourth piece yet. We don't sleep. A lot of that Lots is... Lots of coffee. Exactly. Yeah, thankfully. I actually read a sign in Highbrow this morning that a yawn is a silent scream for coffee. For the listeners who don't know, Highbrow is kind of our local coffee shop. It's our neighborhood coffee shop. That- and we also have our own brand of coffee. We do. We actually just have our Full Circle Music partnered with Honest Company. They've made us our own. So if you come work with us, that's one of the... One of the perks. Many perks. Yes. Percolated perks, even. We're working coffee on, joke. We're working on... We're working on hot towel four o'clocks. Dude, I'm saying. Yeah, we talked about that the other day, actually. I've got a towel warmer. We're being completely serious. There is a towel warmer in this building. That segues us to our intern program. (laughs) You know when you fly like first class or... Nope, never done that. You know when you fly... If you go to a barber shop or a salon or something and they give you the hot towel on the face. Okay, yes. Yes, more of that. When you get your hair cut first class. They get the hot towel on the face. Yes, exactly. I guess. Yeah, exactly. I actually don't really fly first class. It's pretty I expensive. do. The hot towel is fantastic. And the, uh, <laughs> I, whenever I've been upgraded, the exactly. hot towel experience. That lottery win feels good. It feels I've seen good. it in the movie once. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of brings us to interns, which is a really big part of how we're able to do all the things that we're doing. There's just no way in an eight-hour workday that we're able to get all this stuff done. And that's something that Jericho, ever since the beginning, has kind of been our operations manager and overseer of the intern program. And we've been working on it collaboratively. I said, oorah. (laughs) (laughs) But um, we've even been learning some new systems that we need to put in place. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? We just had a meeting about it yesterday, even. Well, yeah. Well, we're taking some of these geniuses' ideas that I'm surrounded with in this room and trying out some new things. Like, we're going to implement an orientation, just kind of bring these people up to speed. We're going to do some testing, whether it's like, can you edit a session? Can you put a website together? Some of this stuff isn't figured out quite yet. But yeah, just figuring out 
what you know before you even come into this. That way it gives us an idea what to expect from you and what we can actually assign you. Yeah. And to be honest, probably to help us pre-filter some of it because... Oh, it's definitely a pre-filter as well. (laughs) We've had experience with people that are great people, but just really don't maybe have the skill sets needed to do what we need them to do. And that's fine. People can learn stuff, but we need to know that on the front end. Absolutely. It's kind of like setting up for success on both sides of it. Like we want to be set up for success with them helping us. And at the same time, we don't want to be putting someone in a position to where they're getting absolutely nothing out of it whatsoever. Because, I mean, it can be very defeating to walk into a situation where you almost have no business being. And then for, you know, two months, three months, four months, you just kind of just float through. And then it's like, oh, I just lost four months of my life. I'm excited. I think we're going to get some great people out of all this. Yeah, Yeah. we just met with Dean Deal, who's the head of the music business program at Treveco, which is a great university here in Nashville. They send us a lot of interns, as well Mm -hmm. as Belmont. And he said that our internship program has been like his students probably talk about it as much or if not more than anything else. That is a thing through our internship is, I mean, as you just said, we have four machines going at one time. So it's like, I can't speak on a lot of the other internships, but I will say like that is something that you're going to get here. It's like we're not a one trick pony. Like we definitely have many hats going. Yeah. Yeah. Even right now during this interview, yeah. there's many hats yeah, being worn. There are many hats <laughs> being worn. At least three. And um, this, this is a good time to plug Jane Denham. She's got a hat on yes. today. Grew up around trucks. New single out New called single Stacks. Out. Called Stacks. <laughs> but anyway, I, I do think it's interesting. And we do a, we're starting to implement a end of internship interview. Me and Logan just did one with Nick, who's been one of our best interns. And he came for six weeks, five days a week, sometimes more, for at least eight hours a day mm-hmm. and just showed up ready to serve. Yep. So, I mean, I'm not going to lie. We're getting a lot from these guys too. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. But our hope is that they walk away feeling like, wow, this was like the greatest learning experience I've had my entire life. Yeah. And he kind of, you know, felt like that. It felt like he walked away getting as much real world experience because that was the thing he said. It was like, I didn't realize I would actually have projects that have like responsibility to them real meaning real meaning yeah they're actually moving the needle every day i mean things like customer service which deals with the academy stuff which we're doing which we'll talk about in a minute but to printing stems i mean just different kind of it's not just making coffee runs and chipotle runs even though that's part of it but they're actually getting to learn hands-on by doing it yeah yeah and the thing that we always have to be cautious of too, because on the production side, and this is what we're still working out, that more of the help we need lately is less on the production and writing side, maybe some on the publishing admin side. But mm-hmm. I don't know that our place right now, maybe in a few years down the road, but I don't know that our place right now, if somebody wants to become a music producer, it's a good place for them to learn. But I think we're realizing that there's not a lot of real world opportunities that we can like, sit them in a session and engineer or edit or whatever yeah, because right. our bar has to be so high. And the pace, yeah, the pace at which things are coming through here right now is just real quick. And- it's fast. People need fast turnarounds. They need to know every time that it's going to be amazing. And it's not to say that interns aren't amazing. Yeah, It's just to say that... There's a learning curve. There's a learning curve. Yeah, yeah. And they've got to get up to our system. And so us starting our fourth branch, the Full Circle Music Academy, was kind of a part of that a little bit. One of the things that's evolved out of that is that we've been able to recruit some talent to work for us and with us on different projects. 
and vocal editing has been one of them. And, yeah, and that's a key mm-hmm. one. That's been a very <laughs> key one. It's been a crucial one. So Full Circle Music Academy, what do you guys think it is? What, what is it in one sentence? In one sentence, it might be a run-on sentence, but I'll try not to pause. (laughs) I think all in, Full Circle Academy is a way for us to kind of give people the same opportunities that we were presented with and to give back to them in an essence of sharing through our own experiences because we talk a lot about mentorship being a a great way to learn. And so it's our way to kind of say, hey, this is what we've learned over our collective, like probably a century almost of time in the music industry this is what we've learned so far we want to pass it on to you because as Seth just said we have a a bar that we try to keep pretty high when it comes to what we turn in and what we do and I think this is our way to help ensure that everyone has that kind of standard when they're approaching music because music's so accessible this is a really long sentence but I think it's important (laughs) because great long sentence yeah well because it's like we do want to perpetuate a standard of excellence out there yeah, that's a long way to go through, but I think it got everything. That's a, that's a one long sentence. It was. Yeah. There was com- a period. You covered everything. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. Well, X, let me jump on that real quick because you and I had talked about not too long ago, kind of our messaging and the purpose behind the academy. And one thing that I loved that we had discussed is kind of like there, there are so many quote front doors to the industry. There are so many ways that you can you know see what the music industry is trying to present. Essentially, the artists. Like, mm-hmm. the artists are meant to be the front of the music yeah, industry. Like the face. So, yeah, yeah, so you can go to concerts. You can even get VIP tickets. You can go to some events that are very artist-centric, for instance, because a lot of people, honestly, who are pursuing the music industry kind of want to live in that artist world. You so, can go to the Kayla Fan Awards oh, yeah. and literally Things like that. meet your artists and see kind of their life a little bit. Yeah, so I love that through the Academy, I feel like we're one of the few offerings that actually opens up instead of the front door, where a lot of other things open the front door to the music industry for get people the curtain a little bit. Yeah, we open up the back door. We're the ones where, because honestly, like you can meet like your favorite artist, even if it's a big name. And honestly, they might not have that much quote unquote power Mm -hmm. to really help you get somewhere in the music industry. Mm -hmm. Really, it's the gatekeepers who work at these music companies who who might actually be able to sit down with you and actually help you get somewhere. So I love that through the Full Circle Academy, I feel like we're opening up the back door so that way people can get a real glimpse of like the people who are truly working every day behind the scenes of the music industry, but are never really the face of it. They're not really, you'll see their names on, for instance, like album credits, perhaps, but you're not really going to recognize their names as a general consumer by any means. We could walk amongst the crowd uninhibited. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So as we're kind of wrapping up, there's a lot going on. I think, honestly, the thing that I'm realizing and that Dean Deal, who is the music business professor at Treveca, indicated, he really feels like, and this is a guy who's also the senior VP of marketing at Provident label group. So he's working every day and has been doing this hands-on marketing, a lot of records that we've produced. And he kind of said what was really exciting is that he knows when he sends his interns down, they're they're working at a company that really is looking a lot like what's going to be the future of the record labels, of the... That's that's huge. The people creating the music. So... In essence, I think what we're doing, and it's a long, you know, five, 10 year game plan, but we're, as full circle music, I see us positioning ourselves as the new gatekeepers because we're not only working with production, we're not only working with songwriting, we're actually like, we're fully capable now. And I just realized this the other day somebody has an idea for a song. They come in, mm-hmm. we help them finish it, we can produce it. We can help them distribute it, get it out there. We can help them market it, and then we can help them make money off of it. Yeah, which is pretty cool that we have the capability of everything from 
soup to nuts. I've never used that term before, but (laughs) even if you think of it in terms of just how in, I mean, since you and I have, um, well, I'll speak for myself more personally, but I'm sure you've witnessed this too. Just when I moved here, you walked into a recording session. My first thing, I was an intern, then I was an assistant engineer and I was then an engineer and you're in the room with like six other people doing these behind the scenes jobs. And then slowly it became, well, the engineer is also the producer and he's the assistant engineer. And it's like, slowly you've just watched everything kind of come together to where now it seems like what you're just describing is the natural like evolution of it to where now not only just being the producer engineer things enough it's like you got to start encompassing even more to just kind of facilitate the way music moves now you do and you have to cobble together a thousand different income streams to make a business in the music industry you know you have to be specialized in something, but you also have to understand that there's going to be projects and seasons where you're going to have to be wearing more than just your one hat. And you always need oh, to be yeah. knowledgeable about all the aspects of what's going on in your business just to ensure that you yourself are protected as you're navigating through it. Yeah. So as we are kind of closing out, I think one big takeaway that I think our audience can get a lot out of is don't try to emulate what the a listers are doing. I think that's what we've learned as a company, both on the publishing side, on the label side, on the production side. Well, the production side, we've we've got it up there. <laughs> we're trying. But, <laughs> we're trying hard. But as a label, we don't have, just like we were just talking about earlier, we don't have a staff of 50 people. We don't have a, an admin team of five people. We don't have... So for us to try and play the game that the majors are playing, we're going to lose. Mm-hmm. They're going to beat us at it. And I think that's what we're learning. And I think that's a big takeaway that our audience and our listeners can take away. Some people that maybe even are working in the industry, don't start with Taylor Swift and try to reverse engineer it. It's mm-hmm. not going to work. Yeah. Like, just start with what's the next mm-hmm. attainable step. Mm-hmm. And obviously, think big. Mm-hmm. We're big on thinking huge. We're, we want all of that. But at the same time, things have to be done with a game plan. Yeah. And there's a way that you, by doing it the other way and letting it happen organically can be even longer. It's just a longer way around. As we're about to embark on the next for King Country record mm-hmm. on production and songwriting, and Joel's probably going to walk in this door any minute. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one thing I've learned from those guys, man. Joel, and, and you've known them for a long time. He's a social media guy. He was a road manager. He was the singer, songwriter, the co-producer, the marketing guy. He did everything. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't complaining about it. He wasn't saying, why isn't my manager working for me? Probably because his manager's his dad. But <laughs> He wasn't saying, why is my publicist going to get it? Why is my label going to work? Why is my radio team? Like, It's not looking for things that are wrong. It's, it's figuring out ways that what can I do myself mm-hmm. and yeah. start from there. It's good. Thank you guys for taking a half hour. I know. Oh, thanks for having us. We got yeah. so busy fun. stuff around here. but We're just cranking it out, you know, yeah. living the dream. <laughs> yeah. Making it work. Can so, we have donuts now? Can we have donuts? <laughs> there are Krispy Kremes out there. Krispy Kreme yeah. was not anecdotal. I, I would, like, actually going I would out like, there. like to stress that <laughs> yeah. those are the special Eclipse chocolate glazed Krispy Kremes. Oh, oh my goodness. Then they're not normal. Well, you know why you're about to stop hearing us talking. <laughs> so, <laughs> Exactly. Goodbye. Hi, this is Seth Mosley, and you've been listening to the Full Circle Music Show, the why of the music biz. Yes, this week's episode is brought to you by the Full Circle Music Company with editing help from Jordan Salamone. Salamone. I'm going to learn to pronounce it right one of these weeks. I still always guess, but he has great facial hair, so maybe he'll shave it into it one day. He does. So for those of you guys who aren't already, follow us on Instagram official fc music or yep. on any of our other socials we That's now a, have all the socials now 
at official FC Music. Follow us there. And head over to iTunes. Leave us a good rating and a review. It helps us a ton. And we'd love to hear from you. If there's anything on the podcast that you want us to talk about, people that you think we should interview, email us at support at fullcirclemusic.com. Yep. And again, thank you guys so much. 100,000 downloads. Yeah, uh, we're still huge. mind blown. And we've got some great guests coming up. So make sure to check back with us next week.